Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week, we are covering a film that really defied all of our expectations. Like, we really came in here just like, okay, we're just doing a studio rom-com, just a regular studio rom-com from the 2000s. Everything that we hate about it is probably something that we've seen in another movie. It's going to be fine. It was not fine. This movie is out of control. This movie is out of control. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this movie, like, actually... There were parts of this movie where I just started making unintelligible sounds. Like that was all that my that was the only way I could respond to what was happening in this movie. It is it is like I, I was just full of so much anger, but also awe. It it's it, it's incredible the ways like it's almost like this movie found new ways to be bad like even though this movie is like 14 years old it still feels like a level of badness that oh, I've yeah, rarely no. ever seen you can't blame this on the time frame right like because I almost did that I was like oh well you know and I was like no I've seen other movies from that year I've seen other bad movies from that year and they were not as bad as this yes. in the ways that this is bad. Like, this is a movie, like, if this movie was a person, they would be banned from any building I'm in. Like, yeah, this is I, like, I would, I would leave. I would walk out. I would, I would walk home from Astoria. I would, you know, I would leave. This is like... <laughs> Yeah, this is like banned from the club. Like if this, yeah, this is some. This movie would be like a notorious person that's like banned for like bar fights and other kinds of shit. Oh yeah, like they show up to your birthday party with like a friend of a friend, and like it's shut down. Like it's over. The film is You, Me, and Dupree from 2006, directed by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo, the Russo brothers. They are the directors of Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Captain America, Civil War, Avengers Endgame, and Avengers Infinity War. Infinity War being before Endgame, I assume. I don't know. So this is written by a writer named Michael Lassure. Lassure. And yeah, he's he did uh, the the 2018 Grinch. He also wrote Keeping Up with the Joneses, yeah. uh, Glory Days, The Maiden Heist. One of the stars in this film is Owen Wilson, and he's also one of the producers, which is uh, which already makes me a little bit angrier because how dare you uh yes. <laughs> unless he became like a producer he was like oh if i'm gonna be in this movie i have to be a producer like i would like to know what the whole so yeah uh, what 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 the setup was because i i did not realize he was a producer and that makes me more angry for multiple reasons reason number one he's more responsible for this having been made reason number two i can't have empathy for him because he invested even more than just acting in it yeah okay so you me and dupree from 2006 made by the marvel guys starring Owen Wilson, Kate Hudson, Matt Dillon, Michael Douglas, Seth Rogen, Bill Hader, and Amanda Detmer. So, Owen Wilson. What can we say about the gentleman? I mean, he's one of those people with a resume so long. Everybody everybody should know about who Owen Wilson is. But, you know, he got his start with Wes Anderson uh, in the movie Bottle Rocket, which he also wrote. He co-wrote Rushmore. And he, he also wrote on the Royal Tenenbaums. So we so we've covered Owen Wilson has been on the podcast before because oh, yeah. he was in he was in Hall Pass. Is that the only one that we've done with him? Yet? I think so because I think it I think I remember it being kind of a big weird deal to us that it was his first appearance on the podcast. Um, and yeah, and it being Hall it's weird that we did Hall Pass first. Actually. I know because 
he's in a lot of I mean he's in a lot of comedies he's yeah he's in a lot of comedies and eventually we're gonna do Wedding Crashers which he made the year before this so his whole thing I mean you know rattle he was in Armageddon he was in Anaconda he was in As Good As It Gets The Haunting uh Zoolander Meet the Parents yeah I mean he he has like a massive IMDB and he has a lot of variety like the fact that he is in this movie and that he first came up collaborating with Wes Anderson, you know, he's in a lot of different kinds of movies. But for some reason, after 2017, he took a really long break. And it sucks that 2021 is his comeback year because we're still <laughs> in quarantine. And I mean, he was also in that um delayed Wes Anderson movie, The French Dispatch, which I'm hoping comes out this year because I needed it last year. Emotionally. Yeah, I, I, was, I needed The French Dispatch. That was one of the, one of the many movies I was, I was sad about. But yeah, so he's he's back. He's got The French Dispatch. He's got two movies um, Bliss and Marry Me. I don't know of the quality, but it's, you know, he's back. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm glad. I'm glad that he's back. And, you know, that, and he's going to be on Disney Plus. He, like many other actors, is about to get the Disney Plus money. So, and we also got Kate Hudson, which, you know, yeah. rom, rom-com queen. She's Kate, Kate Hudson. Hudson. I, I don't even know how many times she's been on the pod. I think, like, at least two already. Yeah, I mean, and she's going to be on so many more. Like, we really got to pace ourselves with Kate Hudson because she's going to be here a lot. Uh, you know, so Matt Dillon, the the other major star in this movie, he's really not a rom-com guy anymore. When he started, like, he's in he's in singles, which we covered – but yeah, he was mostly just like did like serious movies, like serious, you know, artsy 80s movies and stuff. And like post drugstore cowboy, which was kind of like his breakout, he hasn't really oh well, he did drugstore cowboy before singles. Never mind. Um lately though, he's mostly just done like serious movies, I think it feels like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he was in a movie called Head Full of Honey in 2018. Oh my god, he was in Capone. That movie, Capone is one of the most depressing movies I have ever seen. Capone is hard to watch. Yeah, he's been doing a lot of indie work. And I mean, his biggest role lately is The House That Jack Built, which is a Lars von Trier movie where he just plays a serial killer and you just like go through his life as he like kills women in different ways so that's what he's so that's what Matt Dillon is doing right now it's kind of you know what's funny to me um it's almost like him and Owen Wilson they're both you know in this horrific comedy together um but it's almost like they came from like separate directions with their career like they they almost like did a relay and they like switched off like Owen started off with comedies but also with more kind of like artsy uh I mean some a, a few of them are serious a few aren't movies and then I feel like his his career has gotten more and more cartoonish um not like a complete linear projection but like there's been more cartoonish projects uh before his break Whereas with Matt Dillon, it's almost like the opposite. There was more playful, <laughs> there were like more playful movies and projects on his IMDb. I mean, he was in There's Something About Mary, which we covered. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then now he's playing a serial killer. <laughs> so it's just interesting. It's like him and Owen almost had these kind of opposite directions. Matt Dillon is a really underrated actor. Like, as I was looking, I was just like, yeah, he's been putting in good performances for a while. It's a shame that Crash was his big movie and not the good horny Crash, but the bad Crash, the Crash that, you know, no one talks about anymore, despite winning Best Picture. At least I'm pretty sure your Crash won Best Picture, yeah. So, uh, really interesting cast here, and of course we got Seth Rogen doing the Seth Rogen, like the comedy boys are fine. The other major person is Michael Douglas, which... It's too exhausting to talk about him, especially in this role in this movie. I have never liked Michael Douglas 
and I still don't know why, but <laughs> this yeah. movie, this movie definitely didn't help. Well, it de- yeah, I was going to say this movie definitely doesn't help if you don't like Michael Douglas already. Um, I have been relatively neutral on Michael Douglas. Um, just like, yes, he exists. Yes, I know him. Cool. <laughs> like, that's it. And this movie, if anything, tipped me towards not liking him. Uh, there's not. I don't have like an active vendetta. I'm just like, okay, sure. Wow. I really didn't like your character in this. All right. Noting that putting that feather in my cap. This movie made money. This movie was a financial success, which also, which also really upset. Also, I don't understand how this movie cost $54 million. It's pretty threadbare in terms of like sets and production value. I don't really understand why it costs this much at all. It's. Yeah, me neither. I mean, the the sets are, most of them are, are repeated a lot and very basic, you know, it's like house sets. I mean, I, maybe one factor is the fame of the actors and how much they needed to get paid. And another factor is like some of the shenanigans scenes, you know, I don't know the logistics of a fire scene, um, I don't know if there were weird safety fees. I, I have no idea. But I, I, it's, yeah. yeah, it's not like an action movie where yeah, it has I, a bunch of stunts. And it's not an artistic movie that has like such incredible like costuming and everything where you're like, yes, a big budget on costuming, a big budget on you know, this monochrome scene. (laughs) No, yeah, it's wild. I don't really understand. Uh, And I feel like at this point we're kind of stalling because we don't want to talk about the movie. Um, This movie is, it's a film about, it's Matt Dillon and Kate Hudson and they're getting married. We, the film shows like uh, right before their wedding, their wedding and then after their wedding and kind of like them dealing with their life as like newlyweds. That's a lot of what it is. And the problem is, is that Matt Dillon's best friend Dupree played by Owen Wilson uh, is like a loser and a fuck up and ends up sleeping on their couch. So they spend like their first couple, I I can't tell if it's weeks or months, um, of their relationship yeah, it's, having it's the very to, beginning of their marriage. I, I feel like this movie has two villains and it's Dupree and, and Carl played by Matt Dillon. This is a two villain, actually three because Michael Douglas is there too. Everyone's a villain except Kate Hudson. Yeah. And honestly, I think she's a villain at points too. <laughs> like I truly do. <laughs> I, yeah, everybody's a villain in this movie, which I could be really into, I can be into a movie or a show that's all villains, but it's not like that's a comedy choice. It's like the movie thinks the way that I experienced it, it feels like the movie thinks that there's very clear good guys, you know, and the people you're rooting for. And then maybe it shifts midway through the movie, but like, you know how you're going to feel, but like the movie doesn't give us enough information about who anyone actually is and the comedy is not funny. So you're just confused about like, oh, I guess, am I supposed to be mad at this person now? Okay. Yeah. I, it seems like the only true, the the movie wants the only villain to be Michael Douglas. Like Dupree is supposed to be kind of like uh, a chaos agent and Carl, yeah. is, and Carl is supposed to be the straight man. And Kate Hudson's character, Molly, is also just kind of supposed to be like a mediator with all of the madness. But the problem is is that everyone, everyone's fucked up. I don't even like Seth Rogen in this movie. I know. (laughs) And and that is so so wild. It's so funny because, you know, this is made in 2006. So Seth Rogen just like... I didn't realize how different he looks. I was like, oh, it's like vintage Seth Rogen. <laughs> like yeah. With his little polo on. Like, but I didn't even like his character. It, yeah, yeah. It, it felt like the movie, like most of the cast are people that I enjoy watching. And I didn't enjoy watching any of, any of them. And I think that really speaks to the writing choices. Uh, the character development wasn't there just was not a thing and there's plenty of comedies that don't have deep character work but you still have to know who your characters are 
a little bit. Like you have to have some sense of what motivates these people. Um, and it's like, you can fill it in with these characters. It's not like, oh, wow, who are they? I'm so confused. But like, there's just not, there's so many shenanigans and there's so little reason for us to care, at least in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Michael Douglas is Kate Hudson's dad. And it seems like he's never really liked Matt Dillon, uh, so there's that conflict between like, and it's also like his boss. So it's his boss in like two senses where work, work and home are kind of the same thing, which is always just weird with these movies where a guy is like with his boss's daughter, which like happens a lot. And I yeah. just never understand why you would want that. It's so like, couldn't you just like, I know that she can't help love, but like, how, why would you even put yourself in the position to know who she is? It's weird to me. And to me, it wasn't clear whether Matt Dillon had always been working for Michael Douglas and then he met Kate Hudson or whether he met Kate Hudson, they fell in love and then he started working for her dad. I wasn't clear on the the order of that. I actually, I actually kind of thought that she had gotten him a job for her dad, but... I Yeah, so I wasn't sure about that, but I was just like, oh, yeah, this is a weird, rot dynamic. And the one way that the movie really tries to set context for uh, Matt Dillon's relationship with Michael Douglas is they're both, like, on the road, and they pull over, and they're, like, standing in almost like a desert. And Michael Douglas is like, I think that she should keep her name, which is my name, because I'm her father, and I want my blah, 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 me, me, me. I want my patriarchal, like, lineage to carry on. And then Matt Dillon is like, well, what about me? What about me? What if I have kids and then they don't have my name? And I'm just thinking, oh, neither of you deserve rights. (laughs) Yeah, so so Michael Douglas keeps on doing these power plays um, on, um, on Matt Dillon where it's, like, kind of, like, Um, not really taking his ideas or taking his ideas and twisting them up and just really, you know, just, I don't know, acting like a boss, you know, just like acting like a shitty boss. And then also like having conversations with Matt Dillon about like, there's the name. And then there's also um, him trying to get Matt Dillon to get a vasectomy, which is so strange because like, if you want your name to carry on, like wouldn't you just say the kids should have Kate Hudson's last name I don't know there's so much arguing about like last names and vasectomies and all these things and I don't even know I I wonder if the vasectomy is like Michael Douglas thinking okay well she's not going to be with him forever and so when she gets with another person then you know I don't think he thinks about Kate Hudson that much to think about it that way I think that like none of this seems like either of them caring about Kate Hudson I think Michael Douglas is pure doing this as a power move and and the way that the movie is written feels like a masculinity power play like it's like oh part of being masculine is your seed (laughs) you know right that that's the kind of cultural space that they're in and michael douglas is like so i want you to not have that power with my daughter yeah it's he's just so obsessed with kate hudson and it's also just a thing where they're lying where like kate hudson's like no like my dad loves you and matt dillon's just like no you don't get it you're being tricked and so there's that whole thing going on um and then there's also dupree who <sighs> dupree is i mean he's such a comedy trope in the sense that he's the guy who didn't grow up right like Dupree is he's the fun chaotic friend who like never figured it out whatever it is supposed to be um you know he's he it's not just like that Dupree it needs a place to crash because that's like a completely normal whatever thing valid I've been there many times um it's that Dupree seems to have no connection to reality (laughs) like Dupree is not like 
yeah, I don't want to work a nine to five. I hate, so I'm trying to figure out how I can survive. Thanks for letting me sleep on your couch for two weeks. Or, oh, I'm looking for jobs. Or, oh, I got kicked out for my roommate. He's just like floating. Like we, like, he's just, he's, he's just, ch- yeah, like we don't really know where he would go and where he came from. We know that he knows Matt Dillon, but we, it, it's almost like he's just this cartoon character that showed up. And is on their couch and his character is written totally like a cartoon. I mean, the whole thing is like, he just has no decorum, right? Yeah, he's just like, he's sleeping naked on the couch. He's changing their answering machine to like him, just like his voice. He's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, like there's this whole he's, like one of the first big scenes that's like, oh no, Dupree is like him eating buffalo wings and like shitting a lot, you know. And that's, yeah, he's like, he's like, he's plugging up the toilet. He's walking into the room while they're having sex, and then it just kind of keeps escalating where we get to a point where it's like Kate Hudson. T- uh, like sets him up with the teacher at his school at her at the school that she works at and just like as like an impetus to i guess her rationale is when he starts dating someone he's gonna want to move out like like a failure to launch yeah, type they, of thing. well they have like a conversation about it that is very failure to launch where it's like basically <laughs> kate hudson and matt Dillon get in a fight because she comes home one night and dupree has invited all these people over and they're like drinking and they invited like a few women over to dance and like all this stuff. And uh, so she's understandably like, what the fuck's going on? So the next day her and Matt Dillon are having this talk and he's like, I'm really sorry, you know? And she's like, yeah, I just, I think we need to figure out like we need a problem solve. And then she's like, what if I got Dupree a girlfriend, which I was like, really hun? You're going to put another woman in that position? Well, because, like, the thing about Dupree, and I don't know if the movie is trying to blame Dupree or if it's just the movie, there's something about Dupree's influence that just, like, makes everybody really sexist. And, like, like the party, the party energy is so... Because it's, like, it's him, it's Bill Hader, it's Seth Rogen, it's a bunch of other people, and this party scene, and the testosterone is such... That they just seem terrifying. Every man in this movie seems terrifying. Oh and yeah! Like, like when this and when the strippers come in, it's like this whole. Why would you invite strippers to someone? Like it's one thing to have a party, but to someone else's house where you're just on the couch, and it's not even like. And nobody, Kate Hudson is the only person who seems to be like, this behavior is really weird. Meanwhile, like Seth Rogen, who's like, you know, the friend character is usually supposed to be the voice of reason. And he's just like digging in a dumpster for porn and just like talking about how his wife runs his life. And he's like hiding things from her. And like, you, like my, you can't, we can't have the party at my place because you know i can't have friends over she runs like it's just his whole character is just the most frustrating kind of stereotype and oh, his yeah. and his charm can't fix it at all yeah it can't fix it at all it's very 1950s sitcom it's the whole oh you know my wife has a curfew for me and it's like no i don't sir it sounds like you're in a controlling relationship or you're lying because you're a sexist <laughs> like you are either in a relationship that's unhealthy and you should get out or you're making up weird lies because your wife just wants to spend time with you <laughs> like, yeah you know, it's uh yeah but, and either yeah. option is either option is bad so yeah exactly it's like, it's like Dupree is like a sexism magnet. Uh, it's so strange. Um, and he, okay, so this is the part where I was just like, this has completely gone off the rails. I think by the halfway point, it's totally gone off the rails. And that's like a turn. When he has the the teacher over and like, it's like, oh, she's a Mormon and she won't like, it's so, so the date, is like this this woman named Mandy who we never see. We never see Mandy. We just hear people talking. It's so weird. It's so weird that they didn't ever show Mandy. They don't show us Mandy so that they can slut shame her and that there's no face to put to that name. Really? 
because they like they're the movie's so misogynist. <laughs> I don't know. Like to me, that's like weird that they would uh, even care when the movie's so misogynist. But maybe. Well, I mean, she's the only like sexual character in the movie. Really, when you think about it, like everyone's talking about sex and stuff, but Mandy is the only person who we know is having sex. They wanted us to use our imagination as to who she was and what she looked like because of like her, like it just felt like a, you can't, the promiscuous, the unknown promiscuous woman yeah. is like what, what they're doing. And I think that that's a strange choice, but I think that that's what they were doing with it because like, yeah, even in the scene where they get caught having sex, all you see is, is Owen Wilson. And then, uh, so there are so many candles lit and so they so just like sets a fire in the living room and just just that's like around the time when it really goes off the rails because there's no reason for that to happen you know yeah like, yeah i mean it's are, like kate, <laughs> kate hudson sets owen wilson up on one date with the mandy that we never see and then all we know is that kate hudson and 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 Matt Dillon get back from, you know, their night and like they can hear music and Matt Dillon's like, maybe we should go on a walk. Like they might be having sex. And well, there's, a tie, like, there's a tie on the door. So they were definitely having sex. Okay. Oh, there's a tie. Okay. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, I'm sure they're not having sex, which I didn't understand that choice. I was like, what? D there's a pretty clear signal. And then like, we don't see Mandy. We just see you know, the top of Owen Wilson and like there's butter there and there's a bunch of candles. And then Kate Hudson runs out screaming, which is very over the top in my opinion. And then like Owen Wilson runs out to chase her and he's naked and he's doing the thing where he's like holding something to cover himself, like to cover his privates. And he's just like, you know, yeah, like we're having the most amazing night. And then the candles light a fire in the house. And we know that Mandy's in the fire. I was like, are they going to kill off this mysterious woman? Luckily, she ends up surviving. And but of course, you know, Matt Dillon and Kate Hudson are like, dude, you almost burned down our entire house. Like it's damaged. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. like, yeah, there's the big confrontation where Matt Dillon's like, you need to hit the road. And Owen Wilson's like, what, man? And like, Matt Dillon's like, you know, you can't just come into my house and like destroy it and like not think about how you're affecting people. So, yeah, he he goes to live with Mandy and it and it, it doesn't it doesn't work out. And so so. So around this time, he starts getting closer to Kate Hudson. And we're around, like, the halfway point of the movie. Like, the ha the burning, like, kind of, like, signifies that this movie's going off the rails. Because, like, the first hour or so is just, like, regular marital problems and regular friend problems. And everything's misogynist, but it's not, uh, you know, it's not, like super out of the ordinary it's just like a normal kind of gross but then like the second half is just straight up disgusting they managed to take a really simple story and just turn it into all of this like absurd like masculine posturing to the point where kate hudson isn't really a character anymore everybody's just talking about her and when she is in a scene she's just completely chill everybody's freaking out but she's mostly chill for it and it's like well you know she's a woman so she's chill um well yeah everything. i mean like her dad talks about her like she doesn't understand things like it's very like oh well you know she's naive and he tells her she's naive there's no reason for us to think that she's any more naive than any other character it's just like this stereotype of her um and and yeah it's this thing where at first i at least the way i saw it i i thought that owen wilson and kate hudson were just finally bonding because kate hudson was never really friends with dupree so she was just kind of trying to be nice to matt Dillon and be like yeah sure your friend can stay then all this drama happens where owen and mandy break up and so Owen's back with them again and him and Kate Hudson have some bonding times, I guess. And yeah. Well, cause he comes into the school for career day, which is so weird that she asked him to come because he doesn't have a career. 
Yeah. Um, and so he comes and he gives like a motivational speech to the kids that does not make any sense. And unfortunately, I do not remember. The only thing that I remember him saying is he mentions he meant he uses the phrase listening to black people's music. And I rewound it trying to get the context. Yeah, he said I've been humming black people's mu- people's music into my early 30s. Like and, and he makes it sound like that's a bad thing. I Yeah, I was so like AJ and I were watching together and we were both like did that just happen? Also, what even was that? Like what 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 did that even mean? Why is there a racial element? And then this right after that Um, he's talking, he's at the school and he's talking to Kate Hudson about Mandy. And then Kate Hudson says the thing that makes me stop liking her character, which I was like, really, this movie can't just let me have Kate Hudson. It really can't. Cause she comes up to him and she's just like, oh yeah, you know, I'm sorry about Mandy. It turns out that she's a huge slut and she's just been fucking everybody here. And it's not a joke. Like she's, this is, yeah. This is a serious thing that she's saying. She's seriously apologizing. She's seriously bothered that Mandy is, quote, a huge slut, unquote. And, like, totally understands Owen Wilson being upset about it. Like, they're on, they're completely on the same page, and it's disgusting. It's disgusting. And there's this entire scene that's, like, supposed oh. to be funny, where it's just, like, different men from the school walking past them, and then Owen being, like, him, and Kate Hudson being, like, yeah, even him. And he's, like, what? Like, oh, no, okay. that's horrible. And, like, one of his worst reactions is just, like, a perfectly okay black coach. And, like, he's a muscular, attractive black man. And the look that Owen Wilson gives him is just, he looks so upset. He looks like, he just basically has this whole, like, I've been emasculated by a larger black man who probably has a bigger penis than me. Like, that is his fault. Like, you see it on his face. He doesn't have to say it. And also, when he reacts that way, Kate Hudson is sympathetic, as if Kate yeah. Hudson understands why he feels that Well, way. the amount of, like, racism expressed with one facial expression, like, it was, and, and just the whole scenario in general, and Kate Hudson being like, yeah, totally, ugh, you know? It, that was when I turned on the movie entirely because we had spent the whole movie, we weren't talking about race. And then suddenly we're, there are like two black jokes after the other. And then it just becomes this whole thing where it's like Dupree seems racist and also so does everyone else. And why did we need to know that about them? Yeah, like, like we what does that need to add know. to this? Like, I mean, let's be honest. I would have assumed that those characters were racist anyways, um, just based on their friend group and the way they talk about the world. But it, we didn't need to see that. That didn't add to the movie. It wasn't like actually something that was addressed. It was just like, by the way, viewer, they're racist too. I'm like, so now I don't like anyone at all. And the jokes are bad. Like, I, I just kept going back to how bad the comedy was. Um yeah, the comedy the comedy is really um, terrible, and like so, we find out that Dupree writes poetry, and Kate Hudson really likes that about him. And then Matt Dillon is intimidated because he thinks like it, the plot, like the whole second part is like instead of being annoyed by Dupree, Matt Dillon is actively angry and feels like Dupree is like muscling in on his woman and me because he's like upset about Dupree getting close to Kate Hudson and he's also upset about like feeling emasculated by Michael Douglas so he just goes into like this like testosterone rage that he stays in for the rest of the movie and so when Kate Hudson is like Oh yeah, Dupree writes poetry and it's really nice. Uh, Matt Damon says, and this is a direct quote, quote, I, quote, what a homo, unquote. And yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, it's weird because I actually liked Matt Dillon's character a, a relative amount. Like, of the guys in the movie, he was the one I liked because Dupree is so overtly sexist the whole time. There was no there was no chance for me and Dupree. He kept, on, he kept on comparing, like, it's just like, oh, the woman has to be like Audrey Hepburn. But the whole butter thing just made me think of, like, Last Tango in Paris and I don't know, which that movie is like has yeah. like a whole disgusting controversy about like consent and stuff in it. And it's just, I, I don't get the Audrey Hepburn thing. And basically um, the truth is, is that, you know, Dupree really is into old movies and poetry. And he just like, later on you figure out that he just never told um, Matt Dillon because once again, <laughs> Dupree was just like, I thought that you would think that I was a quote homo unquote, which is terrible. Like, I don't, this is, yeah, this is not yeah, okay language. Yeah, no, it's awful. Like, I mean, they're they're so homophobic, they can't even be friends with each other, and yet they're each other's closest friend. And, like, their ideal... Like, they just obviously have an incredibly, like, dehumanizing outlook on the world and dehumanizing way of being around other people. And it's it's like once Owen Wilson connects... I mean, the thing that's interesting to me is that once Owen Wilson connects with Kate Hudson and it's like they're friends, it's very clear that Matt Dillon cannot conceive of anyone being friends with his wife. Like he's like, oh, you like men and women can't be friends. Like if you're if you're married and you invite your friend to live there, you want your spouse to get along with your friend (laughs) like that should be a good thing. You should want them to be friends. Um, so the fact that he goes from being like, I want my friend to live here with us. Why can't my friend live here to like angry that Kate Hudson is, is, you know, having inside jokes and connecting with Owen Wilson is so wild. Um, but then of course it ends up being like actually a thing for a minute where it does seem like, like Owen Wilson does have feelings for Kate Hudson and she's like weirdly siding with him on stuff. She doesn't need to like when he's literally <laughs> masturbating in their living room with no covers or anything, he's just masturbating in their living room. It is the middle of the night, but still like get a cover, dude, like go to the bathroom. I don't know. Like you're in a living room. <laughs> like. Yeah, it's it's weird. And so, you know, Matt Dillon just keeps on getting worse and worse. He keeps on talking about like has, how he's being emasculated and that he's try and that his dad that the dad is trying to sterilize him. And it just becomes this whole like testosterone thing where he's like picking up he picks up a magazine in one scene and just like shoves it in Kate Hudson's face. And it's a photo of Nick Lachey, and he's just like Oh, is is this what turns you on? Is this what you want me to be? And the and it seems like the the implication is it's like, oh, you want me to be pretty? You want me to be a pretty man? And just like this whole thing. And it doesn't make any sense because like none of the men in the movie are like particularly like pretty in that magazine way, especially not Dupree. So I just don't understand like where he's getting that from. He's just like kind of like spiraling out and then like there's something happens with porn and he gets in trouble for having it which is just this weird thing that seems to only exist in rom-coms that kate hudson kate hudson is fine with dupree masturbating in the living room but she's yeah, not she fine and masturbating she's like oh whatever <laughs> like but, calm down <laughs> but she's mad at matt dylan for having porn and so he has to throw it away and that's when seth rogan like he finds out that the porn is being thrown away and seth rogan shows up at their house immediately to get it and then like takes it home is really enjoying it and then we run into him later when um kate hudson like kicks um matt dylan out and matt dylan's like hey can i come stay here and seth rogan mentions like uh love the porn why but the question is why is it all you know what we don't need to say what he said it's just a bad thing that he said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's just say it's racist. Let's just leave it yeah, at that. Yeah. yeah, let's just say that he said something racist about the porn, and it's just, I don't even want to get into it. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, not today. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it, it, like, Matt Dillon is, one, I do want to say, though, with Matt Dillon spiraling about body image, um, 
Kate Hudson's character does instigate that. She body shames him and like basically Oh yeah, about him like gaining weight, which I'm like, excuse me. Yeah, Matt like, Dillon is one of the most consistently skinny actors working. It's so weird. I know. Well, it's weird because Matt Dillon is the prettiest guy in this movie, so it's weird that he has that complex. But then she's all like, I've seen all your Twinkie rappers, and Dupree is gonna make a, a low carb dinner to help to help you <laughs> like what it and it's so weird to have that in the script because it only happens once and it's out of nowhere but it's kind of like in the middle of the movie before he's just spiraling out and so i guess maybe in the screenwriter's mind it was like well if we have her critique him in this way then it'll give him more of a reason to be insecure and jealous of her i don't i don't know i i like don't even want to understand why no it's yeah it's <laughs> It's a whole thing. And, like, you know, he breaks up with Kate Hudson. And you know, you know how these things work. It's like they break up, and then the guy who got in the middle, Dupree, has to, like, fix it. And he's, like, bonded with all these kids by giving them shitty advice. And then they, like, uh... <laughs> Yeah, Owen Wilson is, like, bonded with all the neighborhood children. And it's weird because we never meet the children. Like, we don't know any of their names or anything. There's just a bunch of kids in Matt Dillon and Kate Hudson's neighborhood that will just, like, follow Owen Wilson around. And it doesn't make sense because, like, yeah, he's supposed to be a goofy guy. So I understand how the movie would think, oh, yeah, he'll bond with kids. But there's no context for it. So we just randomly have all these kids, like following him around <laughs> and also like so when he does like this whole like kid stampede to try to like help uh matt dylan get kate hudson back it's this whole thing or it's like oh if we bring kids here maybe she'll feel manipulated into getting back with him because of this big romantic gesture and it makes it even worse because cold place fix you is playing it's so <laughs> bad i was like screaming at that i was like why is this happening this is so and that like the fact that this movie with all of the choices it made ever tries to have a moment where you're supposed to be like oh it's just like what you you did this to yourself movie oh yeah and at some point we forgot to mention michael douglas beats who does he beat with a candlestick is it matt dillon yeah well he, matt matt dillon actually instigates it so like matt dillon basically freaks out at the table he's eating dinner with dupree and kate hudson and her daddy and like there's just this weird thing where they are all kind of being weird to matt dillon like i like i don't want to defend his behavior at all but i was kind of like this is such a weird way it's written it's like Dupree is kind of this is when he's in the phase of having feelings for Kate Hudson and he's kind of moving in on her and she's flirty and her dad is fine with it because he doesn't like Matt Dillon and I don't know exactly what was said to like make everything snap but it's like Matt Dillon just starts yelling and he's like basically like fuck you and then when he's when he does that then uh, he gets beat with a candlestick which is a thing that happens in this movie. <laughs> yes, Michael Douglas beats someone with a candlestick. It's really maybe the, I don't, like, I almost laughed. And then I remembered that I was watching You, Me, and Dupree. And just, it's so hard to laugh at this movie. This movie should be 80 minutes. I've never seen a movie that, the fa it's wild that this movie is 109 minutes. I mean, that's also part of it because, like, so much of the runtime is just everything getting worse in a way that's not funny, that's actually really scary. Like, I wouldn't want to be in a room with any of the men in this movie. No, they're like, terrifying. They're, they're terrifying. They're all just, like, so angry and repressed and so easily, um, like they feel emasculated so easily by such random things and there's just really no joy and the movie is so just like joyless and also ugly like it's shot ugly yeah um, the stuff is like ugly and also like um to bring it back to the whole like these are the russo brothers like the whole in the third after there's just like this whole like chase scene all of a sudden everybody's running and the stakes are high and then the camera's moving really fast like that's like the third act it makes like 
uh, a pretty good um, argument for why they moved genres. Because yes, absolutely. Because that, that is so strange. But the other thing that I see, too, is that, like, they are so bad on gender. <laughs> and you can see that also in, like, the Marvel movies have a bunch of different directors and writers and stuff. But the ones that the Russo makes, or the Russos make, are, like, they yeah. are, they're not, like, I would say that, like, I like the Winter Soldier the most out of them. But Infinity War, I hate it. Endgame, I hate it. Civil War is, like, half of a good movie. Um, yeah, I mean, the gender politics are awful in those movies. Like, they're they're just, they're either non-existent or they're bad, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, like, I, like, people, like it's like, almost people. better for there to not be women um, there or, like, for them to not try to do women <laughs> Like, it's just not, it's not, like, just don't bring women into this, you know, just leave women out of this, let women rest. Women are tired. Women have enough going on. Yeah, I mean, this movie is, like, it's absolutely too long. The fact that it's almost two hours is is mind-boggling. The fact that it was made is mind-boggling. The fact that all these people are involved is mind-boggling. And the fact that, like, it gives up on being a rom-com halfway through. It just gives, like, you're it only jumps rom- a shark. Your rom-com can have all kinds of shenanigans in it, but halfway through, it becomes a pissing contest, and it never stops. And it's not... And I don't know. I feel like it happens in a lot of rom-coms, but there's something about the tone of this pissing contest and the content of it, and it has so little to do with the woman involved that it just... She just becomes a non-entity or like it's almost like she's written different in the second half where she's just like siding with one boy or the other when it felt like she was a person in the first half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it makes no sense that she's into Dupree. And that's not just me not liking him talking like there's no actual reason. It's like she's randomly super into this gross misogynist opposed to this violent misogynist. You know, she doesn't have any good options in this movie. Yeah, it's this movie was kind of like hell to watch. Like, I don't. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I would this agree. Was, this was genuinely. It was actually hard to watch. Like, it sounds very funny to say, oh, I had a hard time. I had to watch this bad romantic comedy because that's what a lot of people do to relax. A lot I mean, of people say. That's why yeah. we make the podcast because we like the genre. But like, this is actually bad enough that it felt like I had to force myself to pay attention because a i was bored but b i was angry yeah this is this is honestly a terrible movie and there's nothing like usually there's something like even like in austin land which is a movie that we both didn't like we had jennifer coolidge we you know we had something there is there's nothing nothing here there's nothing here there is no reason for you to ever watch this there's there's nothing there's there's nothing of any like lasting value and everybody's doing a bad job. That's the other thing. Everyone is doing a terrible job at just like acting. <laughs> yeah, sides. like it's it's weird. Like I I felt like the directing was off. I the just, directing was terrible. Yeah, like because obviously all these people know how to act, but the writing is bad, the directing's bad. What's you know, like what can you do? <laughs> like, you know, there's a point where you're just going to work, and that's what it feels like with this movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying I, to think of like a good alternative uh for people to watch. And because like you said, Jordan, the the concept for this movie is great like there's a lot of comedic opportunity there yeah and i mean i also think that there could easily be like a yumi and dupree where dupree is just a woman and i would fucking love that honestly yeah (laughs) i would be i would totally be a dupree in someone's house (laughs) like (laughs) like like that would like that would be fucking cool put like i don't know like throw some there's some Aubrey Plaza in there. Some more Aubrey. <laughs> when, I, when we watched Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, I just kept on thinking about random places. Aubrey Plaza would be such a good Dupree. <laughs> oh, yeah, she would. Yeah, I mean, like, if the if it had been written differently, which, I mean, I guess that's like, yeah, if it was a completely different movie. But, like, if the plot was tweaked, if the setting was still there, you know, the main gimmick is this third person there on the couch while this couple's trying to start out... Yeah, there's a lot of funny opportunity there. 
but it just doesn't quite. And it's funny because Kate Hudson is really, I mean, she's queen of romantic comedies, but she's also just in a lot of movies where it's two men fighting over her. (laughs) That's very much a thing. Um, Yeah. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really exhausting. It's, it's exhausting. It's ugly. It's every, yeah, there's, there's just nothing. And I'm trying to, yeah. What would be an alternative? I know. Cause every, like, I, I think about movies that have one or more of these actors, but the ones that I'm thinking of don't feel very connected to this movie genre. What? Like they're the wrong genre maybe, or mm-hmm. I, uh, I mean, I am looking. I'm looking for my letterbox list of favorite rom-coms because I honestly, I need to look, I need a visual aid because all I can, all I can see is this movie in my head and it's just (laughs) such a terrifying description. All I can see is this movie in my head. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I would always just tell people to watch Zoolander, but that's obviously a very different experience than a rom-com. Yeah, Zo- yeah, Zoolander is definitely like a different experience, but you know, the great thing about Zoolander is that it's funny. Hey, guess what? It, it's it's funny. It's well, like, yeah, that's the thing yeah. is it actually does the comedy right. It can pull off cartoonish characters because the writing's funny and it has a lot more heart than you'd expect it to. Um, and that's really what I think makes it hold up. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, yeah, Kate Hudson is in so many movies. She's she, just, yeah. she's everywhere. She's, yeah, she's everywhere. She's in that that terrible movie that Sia directed this year that she really had no business being in. What oh, the fuck? wow. You what know, I really actively thinking? avoided everything about like that and Sia because I was just like, oh, Sia stays. She stays saying real ignorant shit. Oh um, man, if you read reading anything about that movie is yeah. So I guess this is a very special episode because my suggestion is watch literally any other movie. That's, yeah. that's just where I'm watch at. Zoolander. Watch yeah, watch anything. <laughs> watch um watch Long Shot. That was a recent rom com with Seth Rogen that like it has its issues politically, but Long Shot is fun to watch. Yeah, um, well, long shot's super cute. Yeah, just yeah, just watch long shot. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I mean uh, or yeah, anything with any of the actors. Yeah, um, just, just anything else, really? Well, no, dear listeners, thank you for hanging out with us and our theme song is by Clutch Douglas and I am Bronwyn Isaac. I am Jordan Searles. Bye. Bye. Uh, yeah.